Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. CHGO White Sox podcast coming to you live from Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. These two mm-hmm. are Vinny Duber. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We're being produced today by... Sarah. Hi. Uh, the hoodie of the day is the camo CHGO hoodie. Uh, you can go check that out at CHGO Locker. I saw it's very Greg comfortable. Bra- Greg Braggs is wearing it too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the three of us, we didn't call each other. We're just very, very well dressed. Uh, so go check that out at chgolocker.com. You can check out all of our merch there. And thanks to everyone who is uh, hanging out, watching already, and hitting the thumbs up button. If you haven't yet, hit the thumbs up button and hit subscribe uh, because we got you covered on the Bears offseason that just started. Uh, the Bulls got Zach Levine back, and he actually played well from what I heard. So that's good. We don't need to talk about the Blackhawks because they're kind of sad at this point. And, you know, if you're a White Sox fan, we got you covered. Uh, Whether or not Dylan Cease will be traded. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But the White Sox did make an addition this offseason. Martin Maldonado signed, what is it, a one year with an option? Yeah, one year for $4 million. uh, Or I guess they call it one year $4.25 million because the option is also for $4 million, in which case he'd be paid $4 million over each of the two years. But there's a $250,000 buyout, so he is guaranteed $4.25 million. All right. So uh, you got the pleasure of speaking to Martin Maldonado, sure. the $4.25 million man. Uh, we're going to hear from Martin Maldonado on this podcast on why he chose the White Sox. Uh, and what's up to everyone hanging out in the chat? Uh, Apex Plays, Bradley Valentine, your guy Teoscar, off the board. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers uh, know what they want, and they go after it very aggressively. And so, yeah. One year, $23 million. It seems like a bargain for Teoscar Hernandez. I would wish the White Sox would have did that, but whatever. Not a real organization right now, so they're not really looking to get big-time players where the Dodgers are in a place where they're like, F it. You know, let's just spend all the money and see if we can buy this World Series. Well, it was pretty funny, too, because at some point over the weekend, Andrew Friedman, I think, just uh, addressed the Dodgers media, and he said, oh, yeah, we're going to be – in the market for a right-handed bat uh, that can smash left-handers. And then Everybody literally, like, yeah, yeah, like 12 hours later, they just, you know, signed Teoscar Hernandez, and it's another deferred contract. Yeah. I mean, I if you now look, they've spent the rest, outspent the rest of uh, Major League Baseball in just one offseason so far. I mean, if you just look, if after you said that, and you just look at the uh, the free agent list, you're like, 
there's only that that guy right there, Teoscar Hernandez. So they're going after him. They, man, like the benefit they have from having a great player like Mookie Betts willing to move into the infield, like participating. He's like, yes, you guys already paid me. I'm going to be a second baseman. I'm good. And then they can go out and say, all right, cool. We got Jason Hayward already signed up. Let's go and get another right-handed bat just to smash lefties. Just a luxury that many teams don't have or don't want to have. And so I'm not poo-pooing the Dodgers. They're doing a great job. I just wish that some other teams would do the same thing. Not, you know, to that level because they're going crazy. But I wish they would, somebody would say, man, Teoscar Hernandez has some has some uh, value. Let's go and get him before the Dodgers do. Yeah, apparently the Red Sox were interested, but not interested enough. Uh, yeah, uh, Travis Sawchick, uh, writer for The Score, uh, not... The score. Canadian. Uh, uh, yeah, Canadian. Uh, updated free agency spending this offseason following the Teoscar Hernandez sighting. Dodgers, $1.066 billion. The rest of Major League Baseball, $1.056 billion. So they have uh, outspent Major League Baseball by, I believe, $10 million? But, like, I'm still shocked that it's that close. That's fair. I mean, the Dodgers signed one guy to a seven hundred million dollar co- like. Wh- <laughs> who are how do you how do you get a billion dollars worth of contracts from from the rest of baseball? Oh, do you want me to do that? No, the Royals spent like a hundred million of it. Did they? I yeah, mean, yeah I, I guess. all those I those damn San Diego pitchers they picked up with Lugo and Waka, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, they spent over a hundred million. I think the White Sox have only been guaranteed twenty four million in this uh, off season period. But uh, yeah, I. Yeah, as you, Vinny, said, I'm shocked that the Major League Baseball is that close because I don't remember a lot of other signings that were big that didn't go to the Dodgers. Yeah. So, I mean, no, no, nothing over – well, no, that's not true. Not, no, nothing over 100 because uh, the outfielder for the Giants got $100 million. Lee And so Nola did Nola, Nola got 172. Yeah. Nola got – yeah, 172. Sonny Gray got 75. Uh, Candelario got 45, Rodriguez got 80, uh, Yamamoto got 325 million. That's probably a big, big, oh, the Dodgers gave it to the Dodgers. Dodgers. God <laughs> damn Dodgers. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, is this an issue? Is it an issue? The Dodgers. I don't know. Let's put it this way. Everybody's hating. Everybody's like, oh, the Dodgers, they're the new Death Star. Oh, I, I hate the Dodgers. I hate the Dodgers. The Dodgers are just doing what you want your team to do. <laughs> I mean, did we hate the Mets for doing similar things last year? Because uh, oh. we probably all knew in we, our heart of hearts it wasn't going to work, didn't we? I picked <laughs> them to win the World Series. <laughs> I, I had them there, too. But I'm like, sure I had them somewhere. We yeah. were fooled. Darn. Yeah, hey, I. you know what? I think the world, maybe not the world, but uh, the baseball world needs a villain. Right, that that's you know everyone can rally against a villain. So now you can just go into the 2024 Major League Baseball season and think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. And if anything happens, there's 29 other teams. If anything other hap- anything else happens, you will be left laughing at the Dodgers. And that seems like fun, you know. Not only that, whether it's the Dodgers' recent history or let's go back to the Yankees in the first decade of this century, right? Most of the time, the team that spends the most money doesn't win the World Series. So, uh, you know, you'd like them there as a as a foil, as a as a featured player. I, I, I've i said when they signed Otani that that was good for baseball, and I uh, maintain that opinion. But if you're somebody who doesn't like to root for the favorite or particularly likes to root against the favorite, uh, the odds are that they're not going to win. So there you go. There you go. Um, all right. We'll, we'll take a little break here, and then we'll jump into Martin Maldonado. He got about, like, five and a half minutes uh, from when Vinny and the rest of the White Sox beat chatted with uh, Martin. Uh, we'll talk uh, about 
Maldonado's thoughts, and then we'll take another break, talk about some Dylan C. stuff from Bob Nightingale, uh, and then I think uh, we'll be done with breaks and then jump into the Monday mailbag. So we, we still got a, a full White Sox show loaded up for you. Uh, do want to let you know, though, about our friends over at Circa Sportsbook. Big game tonight. Yeah. Indeed. I mean, hey, national championship game. Someone's going to be raising a trophy. Uh, right now, Michigan five-point favorites over at Circa Sports, over under at 56. And the reason to bet with Circa is because they're not going to limit you. Uh, most books, when you start winning, uh, they start limiting players. Uh, they won't be doing that over at Circa. Uh, every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit limit winning players. And over at Circa, they will always try to be offering the best line possible. They encourage you to download and explore all sports betting apps, compare the lines from each sports book, and most of the time, if not all the time, you'll be seeing that uh, Circa has the best line for you to place a wager on. Uh, again, if you are looking to bet... Uh uh, Michigan to cover five. Circa's got the best lines for you. If you're looking to take uh, Washington on the money line, uh, I think plus 185 is the best price at Circa right now. Uh, so download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois app. That's circasports.com slash Illinois app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or somebody you know may have a problem with gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Text GMB 833234. Visit com. Is this Midtown's time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm just making sure. You know, Midtown has four Chicagoland locations Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, Willowbrook in the southwest suburbs, and Midtown Athletic Club Inn Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. Midtown Palatine has launched a multi million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. Midtown is offering no initiation fees this January at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations. There is something for everybody, whether you're a single person of family, uh, somebody looking for holistic wellness or just looking to get your body right for the summer. Midtown Chicago is the nicest fitness club that I've ever been to. And others have said the same things because of their super luxe locker rooms and wet and dry saunas with the premium uh, premium amenities. Amazing outdoor and indoor pools and hot tubs, a collection of boutique fitness studios with more than 100 classes. You can either go to the arena, Samadhi, Everybody Fights, Ride, The Field, or The Theater. And the theater is the place where I did the Les Mills body pump, and i got to tell you, mercy. It gets you done for about 45 minutes. You feel great, but your, your body definitely went through a workout. The best tennis courts and programming in the sport is what Midtown has. Indoor and outdoor tennis, pickleball, or paddleball tennis. USTA professional all the way. Go to midtown.com slash CHGO and find out more and tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Thanks, Herb. You're welcome. Oh. Uh, so, Vinny, I brought up this stat to you. I don't think Herb heard it. Uh, there was the Zips projections for uh, Ronald Acuna's uh, 2024 season, right? The reigning and, National League Most Valuable Player. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. And uh, projections for his 95th percentile season were were stupid, right? If, if he has the tops of the tops, he's going to hit 60-plus homers. He's going to have, uh, you know, 40-plus doubles. I think his OPS plus was like a 210, mm. right? That's good. That works. Pretty good season, uh, right? Uh, 100 is league average. So if you're a 210, you're 110% better uh, than than everyone else. You could pretty com- good. You could literally fuse two average players together, and, get and you would be still better than them, than that. <laughs> uh, like stuck on me. But the reason I bring it up. Just like that. <laughs> is uh, because Michigan man, I bring up Michigan in the circuit read because they're in the national uh, championship game. Uh, Chris Getz is trying to put out a, uh, uh, his first ever Major League Baseball team in 2024. 
and we've seen additions at shortstop at Paul DeYoung, uh, you know, Nicky Lopez in a trade at, at second base. We've seen Martin Maldonado, who we're going to hear from in a second. Uh, the one issue is, going back to the Ronald Acuna thing, sorry if this is a little back and forth, the 5% projectile for uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. had him at an OPS plus of 124. Hmm. Not that good. Not that good of a season. 5%, you know, that's a, that's a really bad season. That's second on the White Sox in 2023. Only Luis Robert Jr. was a better hitter. In, and just barely. In 2023. Yeah, one, 128 <laughs> weighted runs created plus. Um, and Martin Maldonado, he is an upgrade in a way. Corey Lee? Uh, well, I, I, actually, it's funnier if I end with Corey Lee. <laughs> Carlos Perez, who just got DFA'd, he had a weighted runs created plus of 65. Not good. Not good. Sebi Savala, he had a weighted runs created plus with the Chicago White Sox. Of ooh, and now I'm missing it. Oh, okay. Well, it was uh, it was 33, and then not uh, good. Corey mm. Lee, just five hits, had a way to runs created plus a negative 27. Not good at all. You so, left out Yasmani Grandal also, who who was well below 100, I would imagine. But still better than Martin Maldonado. Uh, Martin Maldonado was at 66. Grandal was at 80. Mm. So Yasmani Grandal had an 80 OPS plus last year. Yeah, that's surprising. Still getting it done. I'm not gonna lie, that's I mean, surprising. It's 20 percent worse than the average player, but it's still surprising. <laughs> getting it done. Um, so what is Michigan man? Uh, I was gonna say Martin Maldonado. What is Michigan man Chris Getz trying to do with? the hitters on this roster currently because they're bad. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't really, I mean, listen, what is he trying to do in general? He's trying to improve this team's defense. He's, he's talked about that over and over and over again. And I think really you can point to every addition he's made on the field, which at this point is just shortstop second base and catcher and say that he's done that. Uh, I think the defense has improved with Paul DeYoung over Tim Anderson. I think the defense probably has obviously improved Nicky Lopez, pretty good defender with Nicky Lopez over Elvis Andrews and the defense and general catcherness maybe has improved with Martin Maldonado over Yasmani Grandal and, you know, et al, as you described there. Uh, but yeah, we keep bringing it up. None of these guys really do much to help the offense. And there's still a pretty big hole in right field um, in which you're wondering... What, what is going to get there to, to allow this team to score runs? Uh, Lopez, DeYoung, Maldonado, the, the numbers are bad offensively in recent years. Uh, you can throw a backup catcher in there, Max Stassi, who they, who they got in a trade. Whether he ends up on the opening day roster or not, we'll see. But his numbers, not very good in recent years either. So it, it's, it's, it's a bunch of moves that have been made to, yes, improve the team from a all-around aspect standpoint. But if you're looking to see this team score some runs, it's going to have to come from all those guys who disappointed last year and in the years before that, whether that's Moncada, whether that's Jimenez, whether that's Vaughn or Benintendi. Um, you know, obviously Robert had a phenomenal year last year, and if he keeps that going, great. But he's just one guy. Those other guys are going to have to step up and start hitting and hitting a lot if this team is going to score enough runs to win games. I don't think right now... Any of us sitting here, and probably most folks, you know, anybody you would ask, would say that this White Sox team is well-positioned to be a contender in the AL Central. I don't think anybody or many people would say that they're not really well-positioned to be much better than they were a year ago. That said, the offseason's not over. There are moves left to be made. I mentioned right field. Who knows if Dylan Cease gets traded, which we'll talk about later, what, what sort of impact that could have on this position player group, on the lineup right away for 2024. We don't know. So, um, you know, I'll, 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 I'm going to keep paying attention and keep watching to see what Chris Getz does. But as we stand here today, the things he has done from a position player standpoint have done 
nothing really to make this lineup much better at all, with the exception of maybe saying, well, maybe he could do some of that that he's done in the past. Maybe he could do some of that that he's done in the past, but we're not really getting much in terms of certainty uh, in that department. Yeah, I think that um, if I had to be Chris Getz advocate and say, hey, I could see what Chris Getz is doing and be positive about him, I would say that he's looking at last year's team and saying, well, shortstop, we were one of the worst. Catcher, we were one of the worst. And second base, we weren't good at all. At minimum, we can improve the defense, and that will move us from being the worst to in the middle of the pack of being a team, a team that can be all right. And like you said, if Paul DeYoung goes and reverts back to old form and gives you anything offensively, you've upgraded at shortstop, right? That's what he's thinking. Same thing with catcher. Like, it was just a mm. bad thing back there at catcher. If you get actual better catching with some leadership, yes, you're not going from bottom to top of the league, but you've improved. And Chris Getz has to deal with Jerry Reinsdorf and the, the limits that come with this. And so he's probably thinking, like, I don't want to blow the budget out on my first offseason and give all this money to people that I don't know will produce. Let me just improve what the team is right now with the limited resources that I have and get the team slightly better, incrementally better. And if the defense is better, maybe then maybe they can just revert back to 2021 for Nicky Lopez, where he was actually hitting. Now, that's the outlier of his career. Same thing with Paul DeYoung. His beginning of his career, he was hitting and hitting home runs. Now he's kind of uh, settled into not being a hitter and Bohr being the glove first guy. Same thing with Maltin Maldonado. Yes, that's why I wanted somebody in right field to say, I can hit, I can hit home runs. And so you can offset all that rest of that badness that's going to be going up to the plate. So that's just, if I'm just looking at what Chris Getz is trying to do, that's the only like positive thing I could say about his offseason. He's just trying to get the run scored down or runs against down against the White Sox. And the runs for them, you know, he hasn't done anything for that yet. So they need to get some more runs scored instead of runs against. Yeah, well, and the one thing that I just – have they upgraded catcher? Like, I, we haven't heard from Martin Maldonado. I don't want to put him in a body bag before he even speaks. So maybe I should play Martin Maldonado speaking on the Zoom call. Uh, have they gonna... upgraded a catcher? No? You don't think so? There's a way that I can frame this that will make you sick. Uh, all right, here's Vinny Duber asking Martin Maldonado a bunch of questions. I think the young pitching staff that the Weissers have, uh, pitching staff, I think, with the history that I have in Houston, uh, knowing how to work with young pitchers. Um, and from the other side, I would say, you know, that's a great lineup, a great team. Um, you know, I know I can help, um, you know, some things on leadership, some, some whatever I, I got to do to help those guys to win games. And I think that's the most important thing. What uh, is your experience working with Pedro Grafal, maybe from your time when you were in Kansas City? And uh, how, do, how well do you know him? And, and what, what was that? Uh, how did that impact your decision to, to come to Chicago? I'm always good when you have somebody that you know um, from the previous year, uh, you know, me and Pedro. Brother and I, we work pretty much every day. He was doing my routine um, day and day out in Chicago. So we, we got to spend some time together, and, you know, and that was one of the easiest part to my decision. Martin, what have you found has been kind of some of the keys to your success in, in being able to work 
with pitching staffs, be that in Houston or, or other stops during your career? Uh, I would say my preparation and uh, the way I care about the pitching staff, I think the way um, I try to explain to, explain to him why and the reason why I do this and for why I do that. And, uh, and I've been, I've been blessing, um, you know, throughout my career, I've been working with a lot of great pitching staff and uh, I always learn something from everybody every time you you had that conversation um you know could be in between innings could be after a bullpen spring training could be in the weight room whatever we have that conversation I think just understand what they want to do and uh, how you can con- contribute to that success Martin you're one of uh five active catchers who've caught more than 8,000 innings uh, how would you explain your durability? What's the key to, you know, it's a taxing position and yet you're out there, you know, pretty frequently, almost daily. How do you explain your durability at that spot? I love to play. You know, I know that position, you, you're never going to be a hundred percent every day. So I don't think anybody is a hundred percent baseball um, because it's schedule, but, you know, I like to play the game. I like to be out there for, for my teammates and, uh, you know, I do a lot of stretching, um, take care of my body. Uh, you know, I feel like the day that you don't play, that's probably the day that you you do something cool. So I, I want to play pretty much every day. You know, Merck mentioned the uh, the number of games you've caught in your career, and then you you like a heavy workload. You say at age thirty seven, will that change a little bit? Will you have to? Uh, back off a little do you think this year or what is your anticipation in terms of how much you can do next year um you know i'd be ready every day man like if you ask me um you know i never in my 12 years i never asked for off day so you know as long as you know me and Pedro communicate um see where we at but you know for me i think i'm going to be there as much as they need me you know i feel like you know people are talking about catching but is I, I used to play first base and put a couple of innings at first base. I got to get more tired playing first base than I do catching. So I think catching is more the mental um, part of the game that you get tired. I don't get tired physically. Um, it's more mental how you how to navigate to the lineup with the pitching stuff. Martin, everybody who's come to the White Sox this offseason has talked a lot about Chris Getz and, and you know, kind of the vision that he has for this team moving forward. What did you hear from from him and, and the rest of the White Sox in terms of what they want to be, not just this year, but but moving forward as well? Um, I think they have a they had a lot of young pitching staff in, in the minor leagues. I think they're gonna help um down the line. Um, you know, like I always, like I told him when I was in Houston. You know, people always talk about the 26 guy, but for you to win championship is more than 26 people. You know, have to be some minor leagues. And he had that vision of, you know, bringing guys with win experience. You know, I think that when you show that, especially with that in that division, especially with the team, that lineup that the, that we have, um, you know, it's it's about to put it together. You know, it's about how we can get the best version of everybody, you know, Ben Attendee has won championship. Um, you know, a lot of guys there, they won, they won the division a couple of years ago um, and they know how to win. I think it is, you know, get had that vision of 
you know, bringing people with experience of winning on a just to create that culture there of winning, you know, winning baseball games. All right, that's Martin Maldonado, newest White Sox catcher. We're going to take a quick break, and then uh, I'll try to uh, cave in the floor on Herbs, thinking that they, you know. Improved? Improved uh, defensively. We'll, we'll see. Maybe. Hopefully. Uh, you guys ready to sing? Yes. <clears throat> Five, eight, eight, two, three hundred. Empire Today. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats, but those copycats can't beat Empire on quality, service, speed, so those competitors advertise low quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise lowest prices because anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. Empire keeps shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need and not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. What they leave out of their selection is just as important as what they put in. They exhaustively comb thousands of products and samples each year to find the perfect styles, and you can check out those styles with their virtual floor designer. It's a great way to see how new floors will look in any space. It's easy. Just snap a picture and instantly see how new floors will look in your room. So schedule a free in-home estimate today after you check out the virtual floor designer. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. Again, you can receive a $350 off discount when you use promo code CHGO and check out empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. FOCO! There you go. That's how I'm going to start all ad reads like from now on. I'm just going to start screaming the name of the uh, company that we're reading for. Uh, guys, you know the, uh, we usually when we're in Studio A, you know the the bobbleheads that you see out there. The classic Southpaw with the orange flag. The classic Tim Anderson waiting for the red line. Uh, those came to us from FOCO, donated by uh, the great folks over there. You can go and get fitted out in the best sports gear around uh, if you head on over to FOCO. They've got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's always baseball season even though it's about to snow a half a foot tomorrow. I think this might be from Foco. What is that, Justin Fields? Yeah. Okay. Uh. Well, if you're looking for some baseball-related things, because it's always baseball season, uh, you can get Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, and that always popular bag set for the probably equally snowy March 28th opening day uh, tailgate out at the rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, please go ahead and show them some love. Uh, check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below. And, for re- and remember... For all non-presale items, you can go ahead and use that code CHGO10 for 10% off. Good ad reads, guys. I feel like I really can't screw it up once we start singing. Like, I really just have to get that one done and do that one as best as can uh, as I can. Because you guys kind of give me some confidence when we sing. So With maybe the we wind should, beneath your wings, if yeah, you will. Yeah. Maybe we should have a jingle for each and every uh, <laughs> ad read. Okay. We so, should do the Empire the Empire phone number, but then when it comes to t- time to do Empire, we just go Foco ooh. or Midtown. Okay. <laughs> Those are options. We'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, all right, Comet. Uh, right, yeah, that's good. All right, um, Bob Nightingale wrote his 2000 notebook page uh, piece for USA Today and published it on Sunday, and there were two White Sox notes that stuck out. Uh, Number five, it was uh, 10 predictions for the rest of the MLB offseason. It seemed like you wanted to say something. 
No. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, number five, Yankees will add another arm. The New York Yankees will sign or trade for another marquee starter before opening day. After acquiring Juan Soto for only one year, they have been shown that they are all in. That means they could overpay at some point for Dylan Cease, although mm-hmm. they're balking at the price. And then seven, uh, with the Yankees balking at the price, Bob predicts that Dylan Cease will stay put. The Chicago White Sox will open spring training with Dylan Cease and could even carry him until the July trade deadline. They have serious trade discussions with about half a dozen teams current including the Yankees and Orioles but no one has stepped up and is willing to offer a package of at least two top 100 prospects and two other players the White Sox can afford to be patient there's no pressure to move him now outside of the risk that I know our our guy Jared is is very worried about in the chat of what if he gets injured well that's 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 the price what if anybody gets injured yeah right and the answer is what if Vinny what if I get injured well no we we don't do anything nearly physically demanding enough to get injured but I think the point that I was going to make was what if anybody gets injured well then you get the last two years of White Sox baseball (laughs) ever pretty good yeah uh, but it, it's sadder because they could have they could have maybe traded him before he got hurt. But wh- whatever. Uh, before we get into uh, the price, is this odd that Bob's bringing this up? I mean, is this does it technically is it technically before opening day? So like both Bob's prediction can be true that he'll start spring training with the team and then be dealt. Like what what are we taking and piecing away from from this? prediction from Bob is it even a report yeah it is because if you scroll down further you'll see that there's another item on Dylan Cease there but I think that it mostly the same stuff that he mentioned above but um no I mean listen the this is how the hot stove works right it's just one day there's a report saying this the next day there's a report saying that I remember when I worked at NBC Sports Chicago during the Manny Machado drama Mm -hmm. that lasted six months and it was literally this every day. Every day you'd see a tweet, well, Manny Machado prefers to play in a in a market so-and-so size. And then the next day it would be, well, Manny Machado's wife prefers to uh, play in this city. And the next day it was, well, Manny Machado will only go here if he has the ability to play position X and position Y. And the, it was literally every day I was writing the exact same thing because we were getting little just drips of information every single day. And... That's how this kind of thing works. And so last week, what were we talking about? Two reports from national reporters saying it's probably going to happen this offseason because there are teams out there that want pitching, and and here it is. And then you've got literally at the end of the exact same week another national reporter saying, ah, no, maybe they'll hold on to him because the teams aren't willing to match the thing. I don't think this is out of the ordinary. I think it makes it difficult for us to make a prediction in terms of what's going to happen, but sometimes you just got to buckle up and and ride the roller coaster and wait to see how it ends. Um, What I take from this uh, is kind of what we've been hearing in other parts of the offseason, which is the White Sox reportedly have a high asking price. Teams out there aren't sure if they want to pay it. Currently, they have some alternate options. I think there was a report just today that the Yankees and Marcus Stroman might be interested in in signing in in joining up with one each other. I think that report was that Marcus Stroman was interested in joining the Yankees, and the Yankees said they're not interested. That's from a few days ago, and then today there's more new stuff. So, I mean, that's the thing. This happens; changes constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think again, you're getting you have teams out there that have alternatives right now, and and we talked about this all the way back at the winter meetings with the idea that. Come July, there is no alternative, right? A team that wants Dylan Cease is, is going to have to either pay or not get Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. Right now, if if the White Sox say, We're, we want X, Y, and Z for Dylan Cease, and the Yankees go, eh, 
no thanks, we'll go sign Marcus Stroman. And, and some other team can go, ah, no thanks, we'll go sign Blake Snell. But at the end of the day, there's still going to be teams that don't have that kind of pitcher, that didn't get to add that kind of pitcher. And not only will they probably still have interest in Dylan Cease, perhaps some of the teams that pivoted will also still have interest in Dylan Cease. And what did we talk about last week? The idea that between opening day and the trade deadline, some team that thought they were perfectly well set in the starting rotation might experience an injury or two or underperformance or two, and all of a sudden you can add them to the list of teams that might want Dylan Cease too. So the White Sox, you know, I, I, I understand the desire from fans to see this happen before opening day because of the what if because of the unknown but at the same time they've got a very valuable asset and basically they're the ones they're the they're the ones that can set the price and if a team doesn't want to meet it they can go okay then we we'll keep it and guess what it's still going to be valuable a week from now a month from now six months from now as a longtime veteran of these hot stove rumors i always look at what is written and then think about who benefits from that story. And that's a White Sox benefit right there. If Bob's saying, well, we're going to hold them until spring training. You guys don't have the offer? Cool. And so that's how I read it. I see that the White Sox are sending out feelers to the national media and saying, hey, yeah, we are going to hold firm with Dylan Cease. Our price is our price. And they're letting Bob and other people know that that is their price. And just like the Cincinnati people let know that they're asking for it absolute lot that we're not ready to go for and so that's what I'm getting out of this Bob is in the business of you know forwarding baseball and getting these reports out to the masses like we're eating up right now and and so I think that that's what the White Sox are doing it's like hey you guys are not giving us what we want and we want everybody to know that this is our price and we want to know that if you don't want to meet it cool we'll just go with Dylan Cease to uh, July as Vinny says and that time you'll have that same price and you'll have to pay it. It's, so it's it, the price of the price, whether you want to pay it now or then. And it might be more then because Dylan Cease might come out and be Dylan Cease again. But as we were just talking last week, the price has changed, or at least according to Joel Sherman and Bob Nightingale's reports, Joel Sherman said three premium prospects. Bob Nightingale said two top 100 and two prospects. So that sounds like, oh, hey, we want X, Y, and Z being three premium prospects. And it's like, no, you'll get U, W, X, and, and well, Z or what whatever. You, what your, what your reading is what has, your, the specifics of what your reading has changed. We don't know when in the conversation with any other team that price was then said to, to it got out or whatever. You know what I mean? Whether it was leaked or just got out, whatever. You know what I'm saying? The white side, when we heard about the Reds thing, what did I keep saying? Yeah, maybe that's where the conversation started. It doesn't mean it necessarily pr- continued that way because I'm sure when you start the conversation like that, the, uh, the other party goes, We'd rather not. Yeah. How about this? You know what I mean? It's a negotiation, right? And so maybe along the lines, at some point in a conversation with some team, they wanted three guys that were ranked in the top 100 because that's what that farm system had to offer. Maybe in a conversation with another team, they wanted two guys in the top 100 because those guys were players that they identified they want. But also it might have been at any point during, maybe they maybe they went to the Yankees and said they wanted the same thing they wanted from the Reds. This is all hypothetical. And then... The Yankees were like, mm, no, and then it progressed. And then that, where they were at that point, is what ended up in the newspaper. So, again, who knows? Uh, we we are not flies on that wall for, for everything, uh, you know. And I understand the desire of people to want to get those specifics. They want to know, hey, I'm going to go to this team's list and pick out these two guys because that's what I would want if I were the GM kind of thing. But 
these things are really fluid and the, the, the names of those players can change in there and the ranking, you know, I, I doubt Chris gets calls up and says, we only want players that are ranked in a certain position on fan graphs is top 100. You know what I mean? They want certain guys. And so if they end up being ranked wherever, then so be it. But I, I think that there's a lot that go on in these talks and in these conversations, which obviously haven't produced a trade yet that, you know, are not necessarily the one thing that ends up in a report. And I think the slow free agent market, of course, has also stalled out the trade market because, as Vinny said, other people have other options. And so Marcus Stroman's still out there mid-January. Same thing with Blake Snell, who I don't never heard anything of a team that he's close with or anything like that. And that's a big-time contract he's going to be signing. Same thing with Jordan Montgomery. So, like, those uh, talks being stalled probably are also giving these people who are trying to acquire Dylan Cease pause and saying, I have other options, and the Yankees can just go out and sign Blake Snell if they wanted a big-time top-of-the-rotation arm. But, you know, it's still stalling. People are not really going. There's so many of uh, Scott Boris's clients that still need to be signed. It's just so ridiculous. I think that's causing some of the uh, Dylan Cease lag right now. And what, and, and what you haven't mentioned yet was what Bob reported, two top 100 prospects plus two other prospects. And guess what? What does that sound like? Sounds like the return the White Sox got for Chris Sale. Mm -hmm. Sounds like the return the White Sox got for Adam Eaton. Sounds like the return the White Sox got for Jose Quintana. I mean, man, I've been drawing boom, that. Boom, boom. Been, One of those things is not like the other two. I've been drawing. I've been drawing those that comparison for a while now in terms of expectation setting. And guess what? There it is. The exact description of what they got in each each of those trades. They only got three players in the in the Eaton deal, obviously. But uh, it 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 just makes sense that that would be kind of the area that they would go with that. Um, and I think folks who were expecting a lot more, Herb, perhaps yourself included, um, probably going to end up disappointed. Uh, but I think that would seem, I mean, if you can, basically what I'm saying is if you can get back for Dylan Cease what you got back for Chris Sale, that's that's pretty damn good in terms of setting yourself up for long-term success. Absolutely. Oh, I Yeah, I would hesitant be like, oh, God. These players are not good enough. But, yes, if you got Yohan Mankata and Michael Kopech and I got to understand if the you're out there. The 2016 version. Yeah, of that, you're, yeah, yeah right. if you're listening now, you're like, oh, those guys suck. But, yeah, those two players, yeah, that type of player that are going to be projected to be major league players relatively soon and pretty good, even though they didn't turn out such, yeah, I'll be grateful for that. It'll be awesome if they got that. I really do think that the Yankees will likely be the ones to pay this price. I, I think it will happen before – the regular season starts. Okay. So I think what March thirty March twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. I I understand Bob's it, it didn't I mean Bob's seventh prediction, which wasn't like, you know, you know, leading off. It I don't it doesn't feel like it's a for sure you know what I'm saying? You don't here? sell papers by putting like, the White I mean, Sox at well, number one. Well, yeah, I mean that's fair, but Dylan Cease is, a, I think, a fair mover, especially with the markets of the Yankees being interested, the Mets being interested, uh, the Dodgers still possibly being interested. Jeff reported that it was close. Ken reported that it was close. Bob predicted that he would be on the team on come spring training. Like, I, I still don't feel like Dylan Cease come March 28th is going to be a, a White Sox. Again, I th there are things are going to have to happen before a team moves on to that order of business. That's what I that's what I truly think. The white the White Sox are not the ones driving anything because they don't have to trade him. There's no mm -hmm. rule that they have to trade him. If they keep him, good, then they're better and and 
they also can trade him again in July or they can trade him again next winter. Um, but for a lot of teams out there, they do view themselves as we need a pitcher before the season starts or we're not going to be in the position that we want to be in to compete. And so when those teams get to that point, when they're like, oh, well, we can't go get Blake Snell anymore. We can't go get Imanaga anymore. We can't go get Montgomery anymore. That's when that order of business is going to come along. And that's what we heard way back before the winter meetings even started was that the White Sox were waiting on those guys. And all that's happened since then is that two or three-ish pitchers, have big-name pitchers, have gone to the Dodgers. And, and, and apparently that still hasn't even taken the Dodgers out of it. So there's still a lot of teams out there probably the same teams with the exception of maybe uh, the Braves who, who went and got Chris sale that are, haven't moved on to that item on their to-do list yet. Yeah. Imanaga, as you brought up to uh, his deadlines Thursday and Mark Feinstein of MLB.com is reporting that that one is shaping up and seemingly closing in on the giants. And that's not a contender for Dylan cease. So I think that's good for the white Sox. Like if the Cubs were to sign him, I think that's probably a little bit of like, eh, you know, I, I don't, the Cubs? Uh, never heard. Of them. I know. Oh yeah, right. They do. Th- they do things this offseason. Uh, Why is what the Cubs do bad for the White Sox? Well, so the Cubs are reportedly oh, because, in on Imanaga, and he's a starting pitcher. So maybe you, that would just because you're trying to still manifest the Cub the cease to the I Cubs mean, trade. Not, I'm not trying to manifest <laughs> it again. I think the Yankees are likely the team that ends up paying the price um, before opening day. Um, but I, again, I think it's just good for the White Sox to have as many teams in. Absolutely, you know, I mean, especially with the the Cubs. I mean, they have a top five farm system. I mean, it seems like a, a good team to bargain with. I, they might not be that interested, though. I mean, that's 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 the big thing, and I, it does seem like the Orioles are interested, but not at the price. It seems like the Yankees with Trent Grisham, Alex Verdugo. Uh, Aaron Judge and who who's the other guy in their their outfield? Soto. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Juan Soto. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, that guy. Um, that outfield feels pretty full. Jason, Jason Dominguez, uh, not going to be a part of that that outfield, I guess, in 2024 because of his UCL surgery. But also, you know, may, maybe you try to help Juan Soto, Aaron Judge this year with Dylan Cease. And I, and I do think the Yankees are that team that that likely pulls that trigger. So, I, I don't know. It, it seems like it's shaping up, even though Bob Nightingale's saying we could probably be doing this until February. I mean... I- <laughs> How many times were how many times were we uh, almost close to a Manny Machado decision way back when and a oh Bryce Harper God. decision way back when? And that back took us to March. I believe that uh, another thing that Bob wrote in there is that he thought that that what was it Snell was going to last deep into the spring in terms of his free agency. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it might just be one of them off seasons that just drags and drags. Fun. Uh, could f- and Blake Snell could fall right into the Angels' laps. I bet he's very excited about that. Excited, yeah, Are great. The- <laughs> he's, he's thrilled to go get paid by the Angels. Um, and then trade, oh, and trade, trade Grisham too. Yeah. Trade years. Plenty after. people. Plenty of plenty. Plenty of people have taken the Angels' money before. Yeah, and yes, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Rendon just chilling at the house, right, <laughs> all the time. Money and checks clear. I feel like Blake Snell and Anthony Rendon would get along. They, they'd seem like uh, they'd get. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Trent Grisham. Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, Alex Verdugo is that that outfield for for the Yankees. They're four outfielders, and, and there's nowhere to go at DH because they've got Stan. Right. Yeah. So and and Brian Cashman is openly bashing John uh, Carlos Stanton, so he doesn't want him on the team. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll I, we'll we'll see what happens with with Dylan Cease. Um, let's take a break. Uh, we also got some questions from uh, Jim coming up, and we got uh, a mailbag Monday. Sarah just entered those ads. All right, let's get going. Um, Jim asked me this question, uh, sales guy Jim, uh, what team would win? 
26 pitchers or 26 hitters, Otani is not in this game. Well, that's impossible. Those that would be against the rules. What so, do you, mean? you need to have a certain number of pitchers okay, on your Vinny. roster at all times. <laughs> I would say it, the the you're no fun. You're saying pitchers, the pitchers would hit. Yeah, the yeah, name the of the game hit. is to score runs, and yes, those pitchers would be probably better. But I would say to the 26 hitters would get hits off those people. If a if a regular position player plays pitcher and goes against a pitcher who doesn't hit, I think they would have. Just as much success because pitchers, for the most part, have shown you that they can't hit. Can't? Get, cannot hit. Mm. Tell me, but like, that's, that's even when they hitting, say that's the, them hitting other pitchers. The good hitting pitcher, and it's like uh, Madison Bumgarner, who's got like a 120 or 176 batting average in his career just because he ran into a couple balls. Everybody's like, oh man, that's a good hitting pitcher. I would way rather, way rather have 26 hitters, half of them who are forced to pitch. I mean, look at Larry Garcia. His ERA, what is that? Like two? Matt Davis struck out Stanton. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Relax. I mean, all and think about this. Every, 19 home runs for Baumgartner. Great. Every single pit batter that you know in the major league major leagues has probably pitched in some to where in their lives. And yes, most of the pitchers have probably hit, but there's a reason why they stopped hitting because they couldn't and put their punk asses behind the play uh, behind the mount. Now, if they're all Michael Lorenzen's. Maybe. No, but, I mean, if they're throwing, I mean, what what realistically can a position player throw? 85? Consistent? It doesn't matter. The Mm. odds of baseball in general, it doesn't matter how good you're throwing. There's going to be ground balls. You know what I mean? There's going to be a fly ball that gets to the track instead of the seats. I'd rather go ahead and have the, I would rather take my chances with my hitters in a slugfest than sit there and hope that I get, that I am the team that scratches the one run across in every single game. Yeah, and yeah, who's going to, are there Marcus Strowman's all around the diamond who are gold glove caliber? You've seen Aaron Bummer. He cannot, he cannot feel worth a damn. And if you put all those guys around the uh, field, especially at catcher, they would crush. John Lester couldn't even throw to first base. Uh, I honestly, real quick, just get um, Madison Bumgarner might have been like the third or fourth best hitter on the White Sox. Uh, 24 to 25 year old uh, Madison Bumgarner hit 252. Uh, batting average of two eight or on base percentage of two eighty, slugged four sixty nine, an OPS of seven fifty, and an OPS plus of one oh six. That's that's fine. Yeah, good hitting, good that's good pitcher. Yeah, yeah. That's better good. than Andrew Benatendi. And he's and they and paid he's, him, and he's one. Yes, <laughs> he's, and he's one guy. He's one like guy. The, the highlight of the yes. pitchers of our time. Well, Granky is all right, right? I'm sure if you look at his uh, stats, it's probably under two hundred. Probably ran into a couple. Yeah, he was pretty decent with the bat. Greg Maddox, those type of guys, yeah. Uh, but nowadays, pitchers... Two, 225. Maybe. Hey, that's pretty solid for yeah. a career. I mean, hey. I mean, for a pitcher. Ooh, hit 122 OPS plus. Mercy, 125 OPS plus. He had some seasons. Um, all right. Uh, well, you, you didn't get your answer. I think you guys okay. convinced me of... I, I originally said pitchers, but you're right. I didn't actually think about the fielding aspect. And the guys that are hitters typically field. Those are the guys that usually play those nine positions. So, usually, usually. Um, so, uh, and you yeah, only we'll need go one good pitcher upon amongst those hitters. You need at least two or well, three good hitters amongst those pitchers. In one game, you would only yeah. need one, but over the course of a season, you'd need. I pay to see it. I think this should be the All Star game. Oof. Um, all right, uh, let's go into our first mailbag question. It's from NATO. What stadiums will you guys be visiting as fans this summer? Uh, I 
just went on a uh, honeymoon and can't spend any more money in 2024. So, okay. <laughs> nowhere. Um, I got to do the Florida ones. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do Tampa, but I'm definitely going to do Miami eventually. And it does. it's not White Sox dependent, so I'll just go on like a weekend or something like that and see that. Uh, you going this summer? Lone Depot Field, whatever the hell it's called. You going to Tampa too? No, I, we're going to try, but uh, that's not a not a priority. I want them to move and get a different stadium before I go there. That's kind of like the Oakland thing. I want to wait until the end of the, the cycle before they move and say, all right, are you going to move? No? Cool. I got to go to that damn garage you guys are playing baseball in. I have no plans uh, to go to any any road uh, parks this summer as a as a vacation destination, but uh, you know you always look at the ones that you can drive right. You can make a weekend trip out of it. Uh, haven't been to Cincy, haven't been to Pittsburgh, so those oh. two maybe would be uh, would be on the on the list. You could probably do those. I mean, if you had a, a week, you could probably just go make a, a nice little circuit out of mm-hmm. it. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh's an actual good city outside of the ballpark. Cincinnati, uh, it's rough. It's a rough go. Shit. I've never been. I've oh, uh, been to Sandusky, Ohio. Man, what a great place that was. Sarah, are you going to any uh, ballparks this year? Just Wrigley, unfortunately. And then I will That's be going. It's a road ballpark. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I'll catch some Sox games because those are always pretty affordable. But I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of. <laughs> Just in wait till you see 2024 prices. I know. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I'm, I have to save money, too. I'm not really trying to spend a lot of money this The Goodlands right here. Milwaukee's right up the street. Much it better than true. both these ballparks. I've never been to that stadium. You could, oh. eat, you could eat for the cycle. Oh, yeah. Go there. Or try. What's the cycle? <laughs> eat for the cycle. Eat all five varieties of racing sausage in one, oh, in one game. I That's can't, a thing? I can't do yeah. that. Oh, I want to do that yeah. now. I can't it used do to that. Be, it used to be four, so it made Steven more sense. Steven could do that. Sting? Steven. Steven. Oh, Steven. Yeah, Steven. I was like, wow. Steven. Sting? Is there something I don't know about <laughs> former police frontman Sting? Yeah, or wrestler Sting. Maybe both of them. I think the wrestler would probably have a better chance of housing... Ballpark sausages. I think so, too. Other, real Sting is very skinny. I would like to see uh, Singer Sting in the Sting face mask. I'm sure that exists on the internet. You, I'm sure you can find the Photoshop I would like to that. see him do it, though. You know, it's it's different. I, you know. Anyways, uh, all right. Thank you, Nato. Uh, and uh, this is from our Die Hard Mailbag Monday. So if you do want to become a Die Hard, check out allchgo.com. You get a shirt when you sign up. Uh, you get access to uh, Die Hard exclusive uh, articles. Uh, written by our, uh, our beat staff, uh, and you also get access to our Discord where these questions were asked. Uh, I'm at the point already where I'm missing being at the ballpark. Where are your favorite place to sit uh, at the G rate to take in the game from our guy Shula? Um, I used to have season tickets at like 5:38. The only problem that was they wouldn't let you down to the 100 level, and I thought you know having partial season ticket hold uh, holder, I can be you know escorted down to the 100 level, but no. That was the only problem with that because the view was right behind home plate. It was a perfect, awesome view because uh, uh, you were like eight rows up and you could see everything. Uh, it's panoramic. You could see all the plays that happened before they uh, even actually happened. So you can track the outfield or some balls hit deep and you don't have to yell. It's like, oh, that's going to be a home run. No, it's just right to the uh, warning track. But since uh, I can't do that anymore or don't want to do that anymore since they don't give me access to 100 level, I like to go over down to the 108 people. I like to go into the 151 or 157, which is on the third baseline. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Anywhere it's inexpensive and the fans are in a good uh, group. Like the 108 people make it very, very uh, welcoming over there when you do go over there. But, uh, yeah, um, it's going to be very sad this year because I think a lot of people gave up their season tickets and this team's not shaping up to be anything. So it might be empty ballpark all year long where you usually only see that, you know, during You'll April games. You'll see You'll be there, Sarah? You'll see Sarah in the stands. Just one person, Sarah. I will be there. You'll be one of the people that are there. But, yeah, it's going to be a desolate place this year if they don't sign more people. But it's a good time every time I go to the ballpark, no matter what. Uh, I like uh, – I've I've gotten – the last couple years I've gotten some family members. uh, I bought some seats out in the – the artist formerly known as the Goose Island, mm. uh, and I really like I really like that out there. Right. They've got the non-stationary seats, so you get a little bit more legroom for a, uh, a a taller fellow like myself. Um, you know, in the little bar in front of you, so that's a really good spot. Obviously, those are a little more pricey. Um, one day when I one time when I was in high school, uh, a friend of mine and I got. Uh, Purchased some seats outside the stadium, which you're not advised to do, uh, and ended up on the fan deck. Oh, uh, which was very interesting. All I had, free drinks. And- it's the only time I had been out there. Uh, it was very. It, it's far away. You can't really see much of anything, yeah. but it's an it's an interesting vantage point that most people never have because you know you usually want to sit behind or clo- as close to behind home plate as you can. Certainly myself was very familiar nowadays, not in high school, but nowadays with the press box view, mm-hmm. that is a, an entirely different view uh, out there all the way high up in center field. My first baseline press box. Yeah. What did I just, did I not? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I was, yeah. just, I was okay. just clarifying. Yes. Just first base side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Under level. Great. I mean, you talked about uh, sitting behind home plate, obviously the, the fan deck is the exact opposite i've never done scout seats but 2024 is definitely the year to go buy scout seats because it's going to be probably the cheapest it's ever been and the most available it's ever been so if you have ever dreamed like me of sitting in scout seats 2024 might be your year uh that i guess would be the best view in the house right it doesn't get better than that we i had a buddy come to the game last year and and i sat with him kind of at the back at the back of the section behind home plate. So okay. almost all the way back up to the concourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrific view. Terrific view from okay. right there. So, you'd, I mean, not even not even the, the luxury aspect of the scout seats, perhaps, but uh, you still get kind of that same angle. And uh, I really enjoyed that. But, of course, you got to pay attention because those foul balls come back there. Hey. <laughs> um, you guys a glove guy? You, you, no. you know, would you harass a, a grown person for bringing a glove? No, it's their, it's their prerogative. It's their stay face. Sa- stay safe, hey. I mean, uh, didn't uh, former uh, BBM guy Eric Brown used to bring a glove every time to the press box? So, yeah, if you want to protect yourself from those screaming balls, back in the day when I was young and stupid, I would be like, oh, you're dumb. Just catch it with your hand. But now, you know, those balls come by 100-plus miles per hour. And now hey, that we have exit velo data. There ain't, there ain't no joke. I remember one time when me and my friend were sitting in Wrigley, and Joliet Jeff Reed hit a ball up to us. We were up in the, like, 
400 section of Wrigley, whatever it is, the high level, it hit right in front of us in the seat right in front of us. It made such a loud thump. We're like, no, we did not even try to grab it. It's like, F all that. <laughs> and then that's when it changed my mind. I'm like, about bringing gloves, about, you know, trying to catch foul balls out there. And then also the netting. I'm glad yeah. that they've had netting all the way down the line because, man, some of those balls down third in the first baseline, screaming. Now you pay your own, your, your own insurance, so you don't want to be going to the hospital with a broken hand. Uh, no, bill. and on the ticket it says you, you got to pay attention. Your <laughs> shit is fucked up. That's on you. Uh, Verbatim. That's, that's exactly what it says. Yeah, on, the right the back of the on the back of the print. non-existent ticket. ticket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I got a ticket. It's the 1920s. Let me pull out my magnifying glass. Um, the one place that I would recommend sitting is uh, 161, uh, but don't sit at it during a night game because you get a horrible... The sun comes That's where right over. All the fights happen. Yes. Yes. Right. And then what? <laughs> late you get shot too? Yeah. No, no. She was one fifty eight. She was over further. Yeah. Okay. She was behind in front the of the kid zone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is where all the fights happen, but also it's where I saw Mark Burley's perfect game. So it's kind of a special place, and I do like the view there. It's a especially in the afternoon if you get some cloud. Um, I think it's just a, a, a the best view of the park. I like watching from behind, but I I get the point of maybe avoid the rowdiness because That's where all the fights are without fail. Now, that, and I'll say this. Oh. I know why, because I once again in high school sat out in that area. I don't know if it was that exact section, but that bleacher area yes. out there. And there was a dude in front of me, uh, college age, a little older than myself who, uh, had brought a sandal. His sandal had a flask in it. Nice. And throughout the game, he would take his shoe off Ugh. and just drink out of his shoe. Ugh. And I thought that was this is one of the stranger things I've ever ever seen. You guys ever hear the uh, New Zealand uh, tradition of a shoey? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you were you went, I guess. <laughs> Briefly. It was at the airport. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they did it at the airport. <laughs> they didn't do it at the airport. <laughs> uh, it's it's you basically do a I think it's a uh, you drink a beer mm-hmm. out of a, someone's shoe. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's, but why? it's not it's not sanitary because no. people from New Zealand are I guess from the farm. Uh, All right. uh, Hit the thumbs up button. Uh, We appreciate you watching. Uh, I guess. Anything else to bring up? We didn't really ever get your Maldi thoughts. We didn't get my Maldi thoughts. I closed out out of all those. Okay. So, Yasmani Grandal, you were surprised that his 2023 was as good as it was. An 80 uh, way to run credit plus, right? I was, yes. Because it that that is not good to be honest. That's twenty percent worse than average. But I would assume that he had a worse year. I guess I'm remembering back to the year prior. Yeah, well, yeah. It, he, he did. <laughs> it, he, it was worse in 2022. He had a 68 way to runs created plus. That is worse. Improved. Martin Maldonado in 2023 had a 66 way to runs created plus. Worse than the yeah the worst Yaz year. Who is injured Yaz? Like Correct. brutally beaten down, Correct. battered, and torn Yaz. Correct. Pre. Goalie training Yasmani Grandal. Correct. Um, also, that Yasmani Grandal gave, according to Fangraphs, a uh, 1.7 uh, defensive value in 118 games. Martin Maldonado played 117 games, had a negative 7.3 defensive value last year. So, to your point, they bring in, they're bringing in a guy who is 37 years old mm-hmm. and just put up a negative 1.2 F4 season. Mm-hmm. So, I don't even know if this guy's an upgrade. I think he's just well-liked. I would say I would say he is in certain areas. I think the distinction that I would draw, or a point that I would bring up with what you're doing there in the in the comp with Grandal, is Grandal was paid what he was paid, 
and was brought in specifically to be an offensive force. He was brought in to be one of the best offensive catchers in baseball. And he did that in the limited playing time that he was able to do in the first two years of that contract. In the second two years, it was very much not the case. You read off the the, the, uh, numbers there, and, and he was not good offensively at all. And he was paid to be good offensively in addition to the catching uh, part of it. Maldonado is being paid nowhere near as much as Grandal was being paid to be a presence behind the plate. And the reason I phrase it that way is because that doesn't necessarily just mean defensive statistics, which were objectively bad last year, Mm -hmm. but throughout his career, the numbers have been better. You know, he's a guy who's played that year. That year was not the normal year for him. So, I think when it comes to working with a pitching staff, that is a valuable asset, especially if you heard him allude to it in there, if you're going to be bringing up the Nick Nostrinis of the world, the Christian Maynas of the world, uh, if, if Kai Bush and and and, and Leisure and, and Cannon and some of these other guys make their way to the major leagues in 2024, they've got a guy there who is as maybe as good as it gets in terms of working with pitchers. On top of it, what did we just talk about with Yasmani Grandal? He was limited in his playing time consistently over the length of the contract, obviously out of his control in 2020, but um, in the years after that, because he wasn't able to stay on the field, Martin Maldonado has ranked in the top five in innings caught in each of the last four seasons. So again, am I going to sit here and tell you that Martin Maldonado is going to make the all-star team? Absolutely not. But he is giving them value in areas where I think they needed it, he is undoubtedly not giving them value in other areas where they need it. But I think what Herb was saying, what I was saying earlier when we were talking about the moves that Chris Getz has made to this point, they are making them better, yes. It doesn't mean it's making them good enough to do and pick your thing, win a lot more games, compete for the division, make the playoffs, you know, and on and on and on. Yeah, I think they're thinking about intangibles, things that you can't measure with uh, stats, and so I think that they're just going to improve. Or he, they believe that Martin Maldonado's game prep and what he does with the pitching staff is going to improve that so so much that the catching metrics aren't going to you know show out that he's actually doing well. Well, but you ask Hunter Brown or the uh, any of the young pitchers from Houston's like, did you, did Martin help you out? Yes, this was just detailed, sourced, and it, it made me better. And you heard Carlos Correa said why they lost those games is because Martin Maldonado did the adjustments against that Minnesota Twins game. Um, the one thing, too, that I'm realizing is a benefit. I mean, you bring up, what, fourth most innings or fifth top five in innings caught over the past four years. Um, that's been for a playoff Astros team. The White Sox aren't going to the playoffs, so he can catch, you know, like 20 more games in the regular season and give them, you know, you know, catch 140 You're not games. saving him for October right. is what you're getting no? at. Yeah, exactly. well, I think, and I think, you know, what some folks are catching on here too in the comments I think makes a lot of sense. Remember, this is a team that obviously had, that admittedly had culture and locker room issues last year. If you're trying to create something completely new, if you're trying to move in a brand new direction and lay a foundation for what's to come, is there some positive in bringing in guys that you know are going to have the attitude and the uh, uh, abilities, the the off-field abilities that you want them to have? Again, does it mean wins? Maybe not now it doesn't, and you can be perfectly frustrated with that. Does it mean runs? No, and you can be perfectly frustrated about that. But Chris Getz is, has a long-term plan, so he tells us, and I'm sure that it begins with getting the 
uh, identity right and the culture right in the clubhouse so you can build on top of that. All right. That's going to do it. Um, we got mm, a show tomorrow. I won't say more about that. Um, <laughs> we got a show tomorrow at 3.30. We do. Make sure you join us. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him at Eknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us, like Michael, Melissa, Connor, uh, Matt, uh, Jared as well, Alejandro. Make sure you guys are hitting the thumbs up button on your way out. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show. Again, we'll see you tomorrow at 3.30. We all silly like the mayor. 